Good morning, good afternoon, good evening and welcome along to episode 78 of the Sofa Manager Scottish Football Podcast and this year, following on from our uh, sexiest team of 2018-19 season review which uh, or 2017-2018 season review uh, we have this year's Falkirk Football Club uh, season review maybe slightly different in tone <laughs> this year as you'll probably tell by uh, the seaside uh, background noise we've got uh, going on there. Anyway, uh, for today's analysis, we have myself, Paul, uh, and the former <laughs> Ropeist announcer of Falkirk Football Club. We'll uh, get to why as to later. And we're also very fortunate to be joined uh, by the man who has absconded the country after writing some scathing words um, <laughs> in some deep uh, article. <laughs> um, that has uh, gandered the eyes of many and uh, has made ourselves infamous throughout the hardened Falkirk community. It is uh, our editor in chief, uh, John Brown. Hello, John. Hello, Paul. How are we doing? I'm good. I mean, on screen right now, you're to the side of me, but I keep looking down because on my iPad you are <laughs> you're below okay. instead of alongside. So I'm going to try and keep that in mind. Um, but aye, if you haven't yet, go over to sofamanager.com and check out uh, John's article. It's a very good, thorough read, uh, delving into the depths of various people's LinkedIn profiles <laughs> and uh, taking a dig at the various universities that they went to, uh, which I thought was an interesting stat. Uh, so that's a thorough recommendation. So um, anyway, on the on the show this week, we'll obviously be talking about uh, what happened on the final day, some of the protests that did and didn't go to plan. Um, you know, whilst uh, goals interrupting that, which is quite interesting. We'll also be speaking about where we think it went wrong. Um, singing along to old uh, Maggie May and drawing parallels with uh, Margaret Thatcher <laughs> back in the day, which should be interesting. And we'll be uh, discussing what we thought and an alternate timeline as to what would have uh, happened if Peter Houston had stayed on as well as nominating some award winners and we've got some trivia along the way as well so be sure to uh, keep an eye out for that and try and answer things but anyway shall we get straight into things john yeah fine away cracking okay okay so we will start with some statistics uh finished 10th uh, this season in the championship which is uh, rock bottom and relegation struck Ooh. unfortunately um, so 38 points winning 9 of 36 games uh, despite having the third highest average attendance in the league um, and compare that to last season they finished 8th with 47 points ahead of only Dumbarton and Brecon um, some other statistics Zach Rudden finishes his fourth top scorer in the league with uh, 12 goals they were knocked out of the Scottish Cup at first time of asking by Stennis Muir knocked out of the League Cup in the group stages and knocked out of the Challenge Cup in the second round by Connors Key so n- n- not a great season John no, it's statistically it's horrific that's why I left <laughs> <laughs> your leaving did coincide I can uh, see it coming a mile off uh, you only got half leave. your money's worth of your season ticket well none of us foresaw this as of last season I think uh, you know we were all quite positive about Paul Hartley and what we were expecting of the new regime this season this is it we all kind of bought into the Hartley, Hartley revolution uh, you know, he had signed a bunch of players. No one had ever heard of half of them, uh, maybe uh-huh. all of them. And you know, they were 
exciting, they were they were different, um, and you know you kind of hoped they were going to actually do something. It just it never panned out, obviously. <laughs> um, I think half of them have already left, and the other half will be on their way out. Well, uh, I somewhere. mean, that brings me to my first question: How many players do you think came and went uh, into the Falkirk squad this season? <sighs> the, the numbers go that high. Um, you know, it must have been. Well, at least 20, 25. I've got 28. Yeah, um, as the number. Me. Uh, but it, it's funny because doing some research for this episode, I must admit I've forgotten a lot of this season, and I think quite <laughs> rightly so. <laughs> um, but names like Marcus Haber coming back up, and I was like, oh, aye. i that guy. <laughs> Mind him. Oh, um, yes. You know, playing mostly reserve games, kind of coming on as a substitute. You know, Dumbuya was another one. He's ended up in the United States, never really featured for us. Uh, uh, was Tom was... Owen Evans and, you know, all this nonsense. Aye, sixth, seventh tier. I think he's in the sixth tier English football. Dallas, Tom Dallison's in the seventh. So well, thing, you know, a lot of them going back to like Crawley Town and it's amazing that we've been able to forget players <laughs> so quickly. Is, I mean, you could make it almost a start of living from the players have already left or mm-hmm. you're completely forgotten about you know you would have Leo Fasan or David Mitchell in goal Dubuya right back Harrison mm. and Allison centres Patrick Broffitt left back you know Andy Irvin in the midfield with Paul Payton and Irvin eventually Andy Irvin I totally forgot about Irving as well Reece uh, Greenwood Denon Lewis Ruben Samet is another Ruben one Samet, too Christ I uh, <laughs> you know, it's, it's just you couldn't even like it's hard to define them as well because they weren't exactly well they weren't journeymen they were only like what, 19, 20 year old mm-hmm. but they had no experience they had no first time experience and they'd be playing in you know the English equivalent of the reserve league mm. but then you you reflect on you know last season people like Yakubiak, people like Nelson who did a really good job for us mm-hmm. came from those positions so we were we were all for that yeah there, there was a basis for the optimism yes you had the um, the best one was Denon Lewis. Yeah, Denon Lewis mm-hmm. who played in the same team as Alex Kubiak in the Watford reserves or under 23s. Mm-hmm. Kubiak was a star. Yes. And, and, and still is just, for Bristol Rovers, I think. Yeah, he? he's, he's doing quite well for Bristol Rovers. But Denon Lewis was the exact opposite. It's mm-hmm. like, how, how, how can that happen? Like, Well, you, the funny thing was at the start of the season, Denon Lewis was trying to. Uh, convince Yakubiak to come with him this is it um, imagine the difference <laughs> in our season if that had been the case I mean, um, that's, the biggest, that's the biggest thing we're looking back in the summer as well I mean if Hartley had got Yakubiak back if mm-hmm. he had got Andy Nelson back mm. I think it would have been a bit of a different story this season of course it would have been those two were really good players mm. I think we still had midfield and defensive issues but at least you would have had a strike force to, to build on absolutely um, so no, we'll we'll get to the the roots of those issues, but um, we'll we'll start with what's fresh in the memory. Yep. Um, and that was the final day victory against Ross County. Three uh, two was the result overall, despite going two one down. <laughs> um, and yeah, obviously in that final day we had to win. Uh, Aloha had to lose, and Queen of the South. Basically, there was like a an eight goal swing that needed to happen. Yeah, pretty much. Um, and they lost pretty heavily to Partick Thistle, who were all but safe at that point. Mm. Um, so, I mean, the did you catch much of the game itself at all? I've seen snippets as well. I listened to it on open all mics. Um, that's mm-hmm. about as good as it gets in here. Um, and I have seen highlights as well. Um, you know, it was 
tense, I think. Everybody kind of expected this to go down, but when we did take the lead, you're thinking, hmm, half a chance here. And obviously, Alo and Air were, at that point, I think it was one each. Yeah. And part of it were absolutely annihilating uh, Queen of the South. They got to the point where you were actually thinking, you know, if we get another goal here against um, County, mm-hmm. anything could happen if, if Party keep going up three, four, five goals. Maybe we will catch them. You know, it's a bit kind of. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was ambitious, but it could have happened. It, it was. It was ambitious. It's the last day of the season. Anything could happen, but um, the, the, the inevitable f- happened was <laughs> the outcome. Well, that's the thing. I think the funny thing though about watching the game itself is that we might as well have been projecting the Alloa game onto the pitch instead of watching what we were watching at times. Um. And the, you know, it was it was funny because obviously we'll, we'll get into it a bit later, but there's huge unrest obviously with the fans mm. and the board and stuff like that. And they went, Falkirk went 2-1 down and I thought, blimmin' typical this is. Jet to the front of the stand and protest, you know, rightly so, charge to that, start chanting, you know, sack the board, sack the board. And within, like, what, you know, 15 seconds of this happening, boom, you know, Jordan McGee or whatever strides forward. And smashes it in the back of the net. It's back to two-two. They then chart, start chatting again. Another thirty seconds later, another three-two up. Um, as I as I put an Instagram story, it was absolute scenes. But I certainly know that my celebrations were muted because it might have meant nothing, and it did ultimately mean nothing. Um, and you know, I think a lot of people were saying that was a much more spirited display which was good to see, but we did need to see that much earlier. It, it should have happened six or seven games ago. I mean, mm-hmm. you look at the kind of the Partick, Alloa and Morton home games, mm. they were three must-win games. I think we got like maybe a point out of the, out of the nine. Mm. That killed it. Um, again, if you're going to be even more picky, the Queen of the South away game, when the fans were in the park at the end. Well, you know, there's, that, there's that the question. Did the yeah, fans ultimately lose <laughs> Falkirk the league? Yeah, that's that's where the kind of the abuse will come in now, or the, mm-hmm. or the banter. Um, is like, well, you've cost your own team mm-hmm. safety by running on the park. Mm. Um, I, I can kind of see where that's coming from, but over a season, you know, Falkirk haven't deserved to go down, there's no doubt about it. I mean, I'm looking at uh, when he's going to start board sync. One, two, three, five, six. Over half the season, we spent tenth. Well, yeah. Oh, that was going to be one half. of my. That was going to be one of my quiz questions too. Was uh, how many match days have we been tenth? Um, and we've been a bot- We've been bottom for a. Oh, oh no, we've only been off the bottom for eleven <laughs> match days. Um, and there was a highest league position of eighth. Do you know when yep. that was? Uh, it was around about. They came off around about March. I'm sure February or March. Game one of the season was eighth. Everything else was ninth or tenth, according to a graph I looked at. Oh. Um, and that was. For what I can remember, we were eighth for a little bit near the end of the season. I think there was. So I think that because there was games in advantage and things like that. That's kind of something I looked at. Kind of uh, changed it there. So you know, looking at that, and congratulations to uh, Alawa and Partick Thistle mm-hmm. uh, for their survival. Partick Thistle managing what we couldn't and signing some reasonable players and putting together a reasonable team with what I think is a duff manager still. Yeah, well, yeah, um, he'll get funded next season. It's the same thing as well, though. It's, again, it's what could have been if we had signed Scott McDonald rather than going to Partick. There's a, there's a swing. I mean, surely we would surely we would have had that buying power, right, again. <laughs> We shall get to. Um, so, 
you know, the the fans obviously very much in unrest with the board mm-hmm. uh, for a number of reasons. Uh, you know, the transfer decisions, the youth, and you know, I sent you videos at the time of them. You know, with their sitting after the game, yeah. which was better than the five people the week before <laughs> that tried True. it. Yeah. <laughs> um, and they were all stood outside the stadium. I heard rumours about, you know, uh, they were attacking Margaret Lang's car or something like that. I've seen no evidence of that. Um, nah, I've seen but, a video with them chasing um, one of the directors, Andy Thompson, out of the car uh, park. Right. In his uh, BMW SUV. Allegedly, the tyres have been slashed on the other cars. I highly doubt it, but I, do, I, th- I think this is all. I tell you what, though, they they did have some sort of firecrackers, and I've never heard anything as loud uh, really? in my life. Really it was bang, and it was the dirt was gone. Um, no, <laughs> uh, it was something along those lines. But I totally see the frustration because the boards have not listened in any way, shape, or form. The only way to get your voice across now is to go to these extremes. I think yeah, so. Hound them. Yep. On that vein of thought, as you're an expert on this, you've you, you've got an in-depth article um, that I'm sure everyone's clicked on and read by now. It'll be linked below. What went wrong this season? It's not so much this season; it's what's happened the seasons previous. Go go into it. What do you think? Well, you know, how far back do you want to go? If you take it from as the season article sort of two years ago, mm-hmm. they kind of got found out in that playoff against London United um, last 15 minutes. There was an opportunity. For mm-hmm. Houston to get an opportunity to sort of build a squad again, mm-hmm. um, it was blatantly obvious what the limitations were in that squad. As far as I'm aware, what the kind of rumours were at the time, he was never given the budget. He was never given the the kind of flexibility to go and sign players out with a 25 mile radius of the stadium. I don't know if that's true or not, but if that is the case, then that's obviously a bit of a hamstring. He subsequently lost his job because he couldn't bring in. You know, potentially players that were better than John Rankin or you know Nathan Austin or something like that. So that becomes a bit of an issue. He gets sacked. Hartley comes in, and all of a sudden it's like, well, you know, free reign, go do what you want. It was one extreme to the other, which was mad. Uh, they get the director, uh, not director, the kind of chief scout, uh, Richard Mitch Mitchell, who was also an agent, signed the whole raft of guys with absolutely no checks and balances being done on these players coming in apparently Hartley had never seen them before again don't know if that's true or not so you're you're now at the stage where you know Hartley's eight games into this season a squad full of absolute numpties they all have to be paid off McKinnon comes in they've evidently tapped him up even if they deny it you know they have been found one with another sort of sort of backroom chats Um which is a bit kind of daft for Scottish football, but you know, and it's all went downhill from there. McKinnon's been up against it. There's been the sideshow that is Greenock Morton, always in the background, and they've never really been able to move on from it. Um, that's obviously superficial, what's going to happen around the park. Behind the scenes, I think the major shareholder group simply don't care anymore. It's quite apathetic. Uh, you have Craig Campbell, who is a businessman, he's not a football man. He's also a high B. Uh, he has <laughs> well, agendas. I didn't, didn't know that. I'm, I'm sure he's a big high B fan. He's a season deck holder, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, or he used to be, anyway. That's a brave move, aye. Uh, which is, he's a curious character. I mean, he's purportedly on what, between 75 and 100,000 pounds a year. So, in other terms, that's a right back, a centre mid, and a forward. <laughs> it could be going into the first team. That's an entire team, aye. Uh, if you listen to sort of Peter Houston's sort of previous comments, I think it was last Tuesday. 
um, on Sports Sound, he has sort of denoted that Chairman Margaret Lang and the rest of the board were quite happy with sort of the youth academy and what was kind of eventually going to come through. Craig Campbell came in and he took an axe to it all. Quite how one man can do that, I don't know. But that was the, the rationale we get rid of that. And they've just spunked the money left, right, and centre on absolute ditties. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I would uh, I would wholeheartedly agree with that. I think um, from my perspective, you know, th- this season I was, if people don't know, and I think I talk about it enough, <laughs> um, <laughs> I was the assistant announcer at Falkirk. So I operated the buttons, did the music, and things like that. And I, on the last game of the season, resigned my post because. I wasn't enjoying it anymore. I wasn't having a good time um, because of what was happening on the pitch, obviously. And I think, well, it was actually, it was a very scary day from our perspective because there was a lot of people worried about, you know, their jobs going down to League One and things like that for one. Mm. It was a very odd atmosphere, you know, with people in tears and things like that. And I think what, what, what gets me is that the reason we volunteer is so that there's more money in the playing budget to see a better product on the pitch. Exactly. I mean, you don't even get a pie out of it. No, I know. No. The, the, the working conditions are ridiculous. That's another complaint. We have to buy I mean, our own space heater totally so not. that the equipment doesn't freeze, um, which is ridiculous. But, you know, I think what's frustrated me most about this season is the the squandering of money that has gone on. Now, Feel free to interject if you disagree with any of this, but since Falkirk collapsed and, well, nearly collapsed in the 90s or so? Aye, the Bennett administration, I can't even remember the date, it was in the 90s. In in the 90s. They've been been run relatively frugally. Falkirk have always been run from a business perspective and never reached too far beyond their means to kind of keep things sensible. They did Um, it once. They did it once um, when they tried to push for top six. uh Uh-huh. And Yogi spent a lot of money on has-beens. Neil McCann, Jackie McNamara, really brilliant. That's the only time they've really loosened the purse strings and went absolutely nuts. And but beyond it, that... It, it caused collapse, but yeah. But beyond right. that, it's been run relatively reasonably. And then, come along this season, and I am going to say, call them pirates, um, all of a sudden we have all these war chests to suddenly be picked at. Hmm. And, you know... They were picked at, and they, the, bit, the, the famous statement I'll say to everybody is it's the most money anyone's ever spent to finish bottom of the championship. Wow. And it might not be this value now, but it will come to this value eventually. It is millions of pounds that have been pumped into this nonsense. And Aye, from for, for different things as well. Like, oh, exactly. Well, yeah, for between fines. Uh, the, like, the lawyers and stuff, and maybe it's her, that write the contracts in these for these players must be making loads of money off the nonsense that we are you know, up to it. And at that point, and I know it's not necessarily coming all from us, but a lot of the money, you know, comes from the fans that are paying the tickets every week. Obviously, they turned away the money for investment, but the time I put in there unpaid as well, and they're they're wasting my time, they're wasting people's money. And it's, it's, it's not on. It's just not on. And like, no, the the final point I would make is that they sat down and tore up loads of players' contracts. You know, players that were essentially club legends because they weren't good enough to be in the playing squad. The powers that be need to look at them now, I think, and say, well, if these players weren't good enough, you're not good enough. 
what have we got now? You know, it's it's, it's a huge issue. You're you're right. I mean, in fines and trying to get Ray McKinnon alone, they've maybe spent maybe a quarter mil. Yeah, probably. Um, and that includes sort of paying off Paul Hartley, which was about sixty grand. They've been fined sixty grand. So there's hundred twenty. Forty grand again went straight to Morton rather than the SPFL trusters. Ah, that was a weird agreement, wasn't it? To be pal yeah. again. So it was uh, that was like Smiller um, sort of playing. That's the only thing that I've actually read about him in the last 15, 20 years. Uh-huh. He's a Fokker director. The guy is a prawn sane muncher. That's why he does. Like that's why he's there for. He's just there to see, make his pals feel jealous. Oh, I'm kicking about Fokker. Look at these players I'm seeing, and you know. That's uh, the thing, I mean... The you, definition of hanger on. Yeah, at this point, you know, you have to think that the the people on the board and the people in those positions are power hungry and they, they don't want to lose nice. because football is an arrow industry. There's not many people that can that can work in these jobs. I mean, I do wonder if there is an ulterior motive for one or two of them as well. Uh, Margaret Lang being in a particular position. But I mean, what, would, she'll, what would the alternative think, motive be? I think she's angling for a job in the SFA. I mean, uh, every chance. Um, There has to be a kind of, why else would she be doing it? Why else would she be taking that stick every week? Why is Craig Campbell there? Because he's making a hundred grand a year and doing absolute bugger all. That's his motive. There's no other motive there. There's nothing to benefit the club so long as his pockets are lined. Well, that's the thing. You You could kind of accept it. And at the end of the day, these are also human beings as well that should be treated respectfully is what I would say. But... Um, no. You know, if you're trying your best and all that jazz, fair enough. But there's nothing to suggest they are. Well, the the problem is, even if they are, it's not being communicated at all. Um, well, they've, they've all went quite quiet, funnily enough. You know, well, that, and that's the thing in the last game of the season as well. They all tried to disappear into the sunset without facing the fans, which is uh, it's quite a timid way of of dealing with things. Now, do I think there's anything that you could have done that day to reason with the fans? I don't think so, and it, it wouldn't have benefited anybody. Nah, but unless it was a resignation letter, you were never going to get away lately. If only. I mean, there was speculation as to the time as to is that what we would see, you know, after the match. Um, mm. But I I remember that again that Netflix documentary Sunderland till I die. They had a wretched season, and it was funny because you followed Martin Bain throughout the whole thing. Their director of football, who did he was a very reasonable, quite an intelligent guy, doing his best. They got relegated to League One, you know, twice on the trot, and he he went, you know, because he wasn't doing his job properly. Essentially, yeah, they, the they failed. They tried. They failed. You know, that's the thing. The biggest problem now is, you know, you had, if you're a major shareholder, right? If mm-hmm. you're Sandy Alexander, you want to hold on to that board as long as possible because it has taken the brunt mm-hmm. of abuse that really should be aimed at the, the major shareholder group. Mm-hmm. You know, they're, they're the ones that really hold the power. They can vote people on and off the board. They're all, they're all too chummy at that point. Ah, this is... There's this is it. I mean... You, <laughs> I mean to, to take it another way as well, if you're looking at, you know, what happens now if they are going to sell the club, uh, have you heard of the three different kind of proposals? I'm, a, I'm presuming one of these is American-based. Yeah, so there's an American investment group allegedly looking at it. There's obviously the fan ownership, and there's a third party, and the speculations being it's the people that own Park Hotel, uh, the Hannigan Group, I think they're called. 
Oh, aye. I know the people you're talking about. Um, very, that's, I've read it on that uh, Facebook group. Uh, Facebook group. Some, that's the kind of third party. Third well, party. For, for a start, the American thing, they would, they would presumably only be in it to make money. I mean, there won't be a face to that. No. As far as I'm aware. It will no. be an a sort of investment trust. But then to make money out of Falkirk is going to take a bit of time because they're not going to make money in League One. They weren't making a whole lot of money in the Championship. I don't imagine. Prize money, by the way, we are down hundreds of thousands of pounds as well for finishing yeah, it's, 10. It's about, it's about half a mil. <sighs> Good grief. <laughs> All compounds on each other and we've run out of war chest money. What's going to turn up next season? Uh, fan ownership. I think the club is currently just a little bit too expensive and a little bit out of reach for that to I wonder about that as well though I mean quite, who has the bargaining power on that one who values th- it th- but the, the, the problem is I don't think with the current situation anyone would be willing to sell the club to the fans despite that sort of soft you know invitation that you know they would take fan investment and stuff like that which was then patched for this American mm. money aye it was it was booted in the long grass pretty quickly which either means the there was a resentment towards it or it was just unsustainable in the in the view of the board of directors they've actually seen a kind of business plan it's hard to say i think i think it's never healthy and we we saw with the fans you know saving the money to buy a player and that was rory loy that that was never a great idea you know it's very toxic you know you've wasted your money on something that's not helped and i, I would question as well whether the fan base has the organization to run the club yeah, it doesn't. Because there's a there's a lot of and you've been in contact with the the head honchos <laughs> over the coming days. You know the the big voices in the community, and none of them really seem to be connected. Uh, it becomes all agenda driven, and everybody's got a different opinion. Exactly. I mean, you've got four and a half thousand people with a different opinion, that becomes a bit of an issue. Exactly. So I I, um, I don't see. I do think there there has to be a a big player in it. Hmm. I don't I don't see any reason why let's say for example a group as as the Hannigan group for example right mm-hmm. you take that kind of 51-49 model that the Germans use oh, don't talk about models so you, <laughs> Brentford's you know Fleetwood all right, that you, nonsense it's just it's who you have to have somebody who actually understands a bit of business mm-hmm. and how to run an organisation that size because otherwise you're just going to have like I say four and a half thousand minority shares and shareholding mm-hmm what does it come under? Is it all individuals? Is it under a a collective? You know, how does it? It, it's, it hasn't been communicated properly as to how it actually operates. Mm. Well, I, I mean, if it is to happen, nonetheless, it's still going to be a while away because you know this is only sort of murmurings we're hearing, and there's no. And this is it. Firm and interest on the things table. as well. The board or the major shareholders group are just they're kind of pinging out along grass as long as they can as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, the the club as an asset as well is gonna, you know, the the stadium's starting to show its age a bit. You know, that becomes an issue as well because they don't actually own large parts of that stadium. I know. Well, they own the the seats north in the stand. stand. Aye, they own the north stand. The south stand's owned by Sandy Alexander, who's uh-huh. one of the major shareholders. Um, and then they don't know own anything behind it now. Apparently, the plan this year was to build more AstroTurf because it's the second biggest income for the club um, opposite the current pitch. Aye. But they couldn't do that because of, you know, the fines and stuff. 
uh, that were in place. And, you know, as well with the cutting of the Academy, which was a huge revenue stream. That was a big mistake. But then for for me, like as well, that they, they haven't been utilising that Academy enough in the last three seasons. You know, when we went along to, and we were, we were almost experts, some might say, in this, because we went along to a lot of development league games. I would have been nearly home game. Exactly. We well, I, I had to be <laughs> every home game. <laughs> Otherwise, the microphone and stuff would they have, uh, not that anyone cared, but it was good fun and we got a McDonald's after it, which was amazing. Exactly. Can't kind of complain. Um, I, I would say there was a good three players in that team that could have been making occasional appearances for the first team. And some of those guys were released. Some of those guys... I've still been playing reserve league this season, but have I seen them on the pitch? No. Nah. Nah. And, you know, if you're not willing to use them, they're not going to develop. And But then, looking at Tony Gallagher as well, you're almost scared to show him because every moment he was on the pitch, his value dropped through the floor. Uh, the biggest problem with Tony Gallagher is every time he was used, he was used in sort of pressure games. Aye. And by that point, we were up against it when he started coming into it. Aye. I mean, I remember him, he had a... <laughs> What? I don't know if you were there. We went to to Morton. Funnily enough, I went to Morton. Yes, and he got absolutely roasted off. Was it Nesbit? Nesbit could have been at the time. He aye. was in love. He was in love for Celtic, mm-hmm. and he got torn to shreds. And he was never seen again for a couple of months. And then he came back for a Christmas fixture against Dunfermline away. It was woeful, and he it was pretty woeful. He did set up one of the goals, but yeah, he was, he was coming in random games, and they were quite. Tough games and tough periods, and it was it was never oh, ideal man. for him. Yeah. Well, then that's the thing. I mean, if that goes, you know, the likes of, you know, Volks, I know wasn't ours to start with, but he came through that kind of system. And you've got your R fields, you've got, um, you know, Blair Alston, you've got. <laughs> I mean, even if, it depends on how far back you want to go. I mean, Darren Barth must have came through quite early on. He had a good season to a point. Win Scottish Cup with Hearts and all that. Well, it was Tam uh, Scobie as well, who I saw got relegated with Brecon the other day was. <laughs> Scobie to an extent done quite well uh, trying to go else uh, Murray Wallace was in it for a mm. year or two when he was 16, 17, 18 he's, he's doing really well now uh, doing well in the championship scoring against um, Everton mm. in the FA Cup the, the, the lads know, that are at Swansea as well you know aye um, granted one or two of them may not make it uh, the one that's at Dunfermline just now has had it as far as I'm concerned aye uh, but you know Bobby Babby's still got a fair chance like he's still in the academy um, Kingsley's still playing for Hull at a decent oh, level he's kind of the next Robertson hopefully Jay Fulton's getting a regular game for Swansea as well, well that's, so these are, these are names like. that's the thing so that's been the, the whole core identity has gone from what I the squad was because I think when you used to turn up to watch a Falkirk game we used to be seen in the, bear with me here as almost a mini Hibernian and now, when I say that, I mean, remember Hibernian back in the day used to play Paranoid, like, like... No, Hibernian <laughs> pre the whole Hibsit thing used to play good football, good passing football. I mean, young players as well. Well, young players. That's what we did to a slightly lesser success. And they used to say that Hibs were like the Arsenal of Scotland. So Falkirk were essentially the mini, mini Arsenal of Scotland, uh, which I think was warranted. I used to watch wonderful football um, at the Falkirk Stadium. And even under Houston there was good attacking play with quite young players mixed in with probably one experienced player at a time be that yep. you know a Mark Kerr or there was always one um, and yeah, absolutely. with the change in management with the change in uh, the team everything about that has gone and 
you're leaving yourself to build another identity, which I think is an incredibly difficult thing to do. Like, uh, they, they picked they picked their own model as well. I mean, this Brentford model they keep kind of spouting about. I mean, if you look at Brentford though, they're not even that good. Geographic, the thing is, I mean, they have like what academies to look at, but Arsenal's, Chelsea's, anything in North London, uh-huh. East London, then they kind of drop out to West Ham, you know, even go up into the Midlands because that's where they're best and they've got ginormous clubs to pick from. Mm-hmm. Who do we have? Rangers and Celtic dropouts. I know. You'll end up in maybe kind of mid-table Premiership teams. Well, that was we'll go to the elite club, the academies as well. That was the thing as well. That we're we're even loaning Rangers and Celtic dropouts essentially. Uh, Aye, so there's no value in that either. Um, we never really. I think Leo Fasan was supposed to be <laughs> a kind of one of these kind of guys. We'll take him for maybe a year or two and we'll develop him. Mm-hmm. Hopeless. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was a poor pick. Ruben Samut, I think, was coming in for maybe six months to a year, was coming at the Chelsea Academy just to see what he's like. Mm-hmm. But we've got a year of development out of him, but again, useless. Yeah. Uh, he came into a very poor team. And I think that's what's kind of maybe hamstrung him a bit. So it's they just never executed it properly. Well in my never in my opinion it. the only player to show any development this year was that um was it Scott Harrison, the centre back, who I'd kind of been raving about in recent mm-hmm. weeks, who went from abysmal to being Tolerable, but he got, slow. He, he got a little bit better, yeah. And then we got. I think Paddy Broth as well was coming on. Right. Who? Paddy Broth. I thought he was actually. Is he? All is he not still there? He's still there. Is he get? I'll keep him for next season. Well, the, you, that was one thing that got me as well. Is that um, Lavery boy? Was it Aiden Lavery? Is his name? Hmm. He, hmm. like, looking at the sort of match reports and stuff from Reserve League, which I didn't able to go to this year, was tearing it up. He was scoring loads of goals all over the place. Bye. Barely got a minute in the park, and he was a wee like stocky lad. He had a bit of physicality about him, and I thought Everton must be absolutely billing that he's getting nowhere near a football pitch. Whilst, dem- uh, oh, right, okay, funny thing. <laughs> I'll have to tell you this now, but because uh, I was going to moan about Demintas Petrovicius getting near a pitch when he wasn't, um, mm. but Demintas Petrovicius is an anagram of administrative pause. Um, which I thought was very good. That was going to be that was going to be my quiz question for later on, but uh, I thought I'd slot that in there. That would take me ages to figure that out. Uh, well, I think with how many letters you would have got there pretty quickly, <laughs> um, to be honest. Um, so I the and the thing is as well, people like uh, Nikolai Todorov were playing ahead of Lavery as well, hmm. which was nonsense. So let's let's break this down a bit more into Harley era. McKinnon era I do these with fangy hands Hartley lasted three games <laughs> into the season and was sacked so you know not much to say there McKinnon well Hartley actually was sacked with like what was his percentage um, yeah he'd won 16 out of 40 games McKinnon's won 9 and 35 so McKinnon's got the worst record. Um, yeah. Did things get any better under McKinnon? Mm, no. I would agree. The thing is, it could have, well, it could have got much worse, was the thing. But he never managed to kind of get it going again. I think it... He was too feared to push forward. He was too feared to attack. Well, what what I think he did was he came in and he identified the problems very quickly and he wanted to build from the back. He wanted to improve the defence... And then sort of things out from there, but he never right. he never could improve the defence. So he never got any further forward 
than that to no, the point our was... midfield was useless this year. Yeah, I mean, saying an Abdul Osman, which is a, it was a sketchy move at the time, it could have worked either way. Mm-hmm. Um, he has been found wanting more times than it's kind of, I care to admit. Mm. But then you're playing him beside Paul Payton, who has about the mobility as myself. Um, and he, and he has been good stone. for spells. So, I mean, has he though? Well, like, he's been he's been in team of the week occasionally. He's scored some good goals, but that's only when he's turned up. Well, he's thirty two. How could he have improved? Off the beginning of the season, he's improved. Oh, he, he, um, yeah, I don't hate him as much. I don't like holding midfielders for a start. I was never a big fan of Mark uh, Kerr either. But the, the biggest problem was Paul Payton never had a, mob- a mobile kind of centre mid to play alongside him. Like a Tom Tywell to do all the legwork and stuff. If he had something to do the legwork beside him, I think he would have looked a lot better. But he had Abdul Osman sitting beside him. He had Ian McShane, who you know may or maybe pay attention for the first twenty minutes and then disappear. Aye. It's the same with about um, Ross McLean. He's a prodigal bench warmer. You can go through the, the entire team and, and tear them in shreds. So well, I think we can. We, the The recruitment hasn't been good enough. Um, the recruitment's been poor, and we think that probably the young players could have done as good a job, if not better. Like folk like Kieran Dunn and stuff. I think it's equally as good as someone like Petrovic, yes, probably. Um, they do. And he's completely disappeared off the face of the earth. Despite being, yeah. Uh, yeah, a lot of these guys were under 21 internationalists, under something which is beyond bizarre. Mm-hmm. Um, Even, was it the Cameron Blues, these kind of guys? Mm-hmm. It'd been interesting to see what they would have done this season. Blues would have been interesting. I, I think Blues probably would have filled the pain position, all right? He's in Livingston's youth kind of set up just now. Aye. Um, the boy went to uh, Brentford ironically <laughs> uh, oh uh, Mitchell Johnny Mitchell yeah Johnny Mitchell I, he must have a fair shout yeah, but he's an internationalist um, as well didn't they get a look in the first team squad at all mm-hmm. and these guys have gone yep. and mm. um, it wasn't like they weren't producing they just they were maybe too young to go into the team mm. regularly if we were going to like kind of cushion them a wee bit yeah but you could give them, give them half an hour like, you know. they were on their way like. we're on our way we're on our way <laughs> seaside we're on our way I mean they'll just be saying Graham High's, uh, High School team and we'll be fine <laughs> the first of fourth football club that I want to start in protest protest club uh, see Salford City are in some sort of playoffs as well to get to aye national league playoffs yeah, I think they were getting beat though so that's probably not going to happen um, so I, I think we can agree uh, the signing strategy wasn't great the youth didn't work out and tactically under McKinnon it's been horrific it's been pretty bad uh, he spoke about not setting the team up negatively which has been just a blatant <laughs> lie um, if that's no negative I'd like to see what he actually thinks is being negative but that's the thing I mean the arrow wasn't on his back before but he is now one of the people that people would like to see go He's a big target, um, and it'll be embarrassing. I think it's probably the best one to get it there now, given the amount of absolute garbage we've had to go well, through this season. For the banner, after getting on. For the banner, get Johansson and Houston. <laughs> oh. Which I think actually Morton would probably wish upon us at this point because they weren't that popular there either. No, no, I think that was a slight blessing in disguise for themselves mm. that they've uh, left in that manner. That's the thing, far too many teams taking quite a lot of joy that we have uh, <laughs> not managed <laughs> to stay up. Uh, quite right though. It's... Exactly, it's, that's the arrow on our back and that's going to be our problem next season in League One is we are going to be the, the team to beat. It's going to be like a cup final every time you play whoever you're going to play. We will be quite a big team but they'll It'd be quite interesting to see how we go on next season in terms of if Queen and South come down because mm. they will be main main competitor 
uh, I don't know what kind of state race they're in I heard you are going full time but I still wouldn't really well, well we'll see how we go the last time uh, we were in League 1 what would have then been the third division um, was in 1979-1980 and current championship fi- sides finished 1st, 12th and 13th we finished 1st can you name the other two? currently in the championship uh, Alawa must have been in about there Alawa I believe finished 13th I think right and what else is quite did they in that one? it must have been I don't think Inverness would have been in existence no by then. it wasn't Inverness County wouldn't have been in existence no. either um, Ayr no Queen of the, no, Ayr were quite good Queen of the South, Queen of the South it was aye uh, do you know who finished second in the league that year though East Stirlingshire East Stirlingshire aye blimmin heck <laughs> how times have changed <laughs> I'm sure that went down to the wire that season as well they done. could have won the league so that's quite a, I showed a picture how, how can't times could have been different there well I know I showed a picture on the Instagram the other day it was absolutely ace like the Falkirk kit was this plain white thing just with the navy blue surrounded badge and this horrendous challenge that was being put in on some Queen of the South player <laughs> uh, but it looked it looked excellent actually um, so I going into next season what what would you do? Do you right? You oh, are chairman of the board. You have free reign to do whatever you like. Everything I want to do, mm-hmm. right? Well, you would get a day. Presuming the major shareholder groups all the way, so a brand new, fresh, clean slate. Mm-hmm. You would get a new manager in. Absolutely no doubt okay. about it. Who do you get in? Uh, someone who's got a bit of league one experience. I think it's probably the best way to go. Mm-hmm. Uh, alternatively. I would maybe go for Miller and Kerr well, as a kind of dynamic duo. Let's let's dive into this a bit because this is something that the the fans... Falcon fans have been pushing for a wee bit. Absolutely. Um, now, to this, what I would say is they would be inexperienced for a start in management, uh, but, you know, a clean slate, not a lot of pressure. It's done wonders for, um, actually, managers at Alawa, that sort of setup. Um, you know, uh, Jack... Well, Hartley, <laughs> I suppose, started that way. Um, and then Jim Goodwin as well Jim Goodwin Jack Ross didn't do that though did he? no I think he took just went to St Mirren was he anywhere before he was at St Mirren? I think he was at Alloa so I think he maybe used the same springboard so that'd be good and I remember as well uh, we at the development league game when they'd sacked Houston and Miller was taking them (laughs) and he was you know he was very encouraging he was very positive so he has that you know, rapport. He's got that communication. Yeah. Um, and Mark Kerr could maybe be more of your tactician, um, <laughs> and passing the ball backwards and sideways. <laughs> um, has I mean the biggest thing about us going into League One though is you go have somebody has got a bit of kind of connections with bigger clubs to get certain types of players in. Uh, I think we're going to need a few kind of old heads in the team. Where are you going to get um, that? Like. How many journeymen do you fair. see in League One? You see journeymen in the Championship, fair play, but like I'm, I am really yeah, struggling to convince people. Unless you pay them the money, if you pay them the money, it'll happen. But where are you going to get the money? Well, the biggest thing as well is you, if you're even if you like cited to like if you cream off the best players in League One mm-hmm. and put them all into the Falkirk team, the majority of them are all part time. Mm-hmm. Now, quite do you want to quit your part time job? Which you're probably making more money than you would going full time mm-hmm. playing football. Mm-hmm. There's, there were two I mean I would look at Andy Sterling I think he's quite a good player 
Um, is it Dom Thomas? I think his name is. I think he's playing for the Martin. I've heard some things player. about. Is he the centre back? Uh, no, I think he's a kind of attacking midfielder. Okay, I've heard good things. I'm even thinking of a different player. You've always been a big fan uh, of uh, Lewis Vaughan at Wraith. Lewis Vaughan, I don't know how well he's done this season, but he's last season he looked quite good. I'd be tempted to have a punt on that Blair Henderson guy at Edinburgh City. If you, banged in 30 odd goals this season if you put him in the right system if you could con- if you could convince it, like folk like Scott Shepard come back and you know mm. well there's a, there's a manager then James McDonough. oh that would that would work that would work he's done quite well at Edinburgh City very well uh, they were I'm assuming yeah so they're in playoff they're contention in the playoffs. Now. Yeah. Uh, behind you know a team like Peterhead who are very established in that league and you would expect mm. to win but they've lit up the headlines I know they had a piece on the terrace about one of their defenders being the best defender in like League 1 and 2 yeah. and um, is it Blair Henderson that you said earlier that plays for them has got like 25-30 yeah, goals he's leading the kind of scoring charts aye so that could be a shout actually I mean there's a guy be, he's got experience working for Fogart unfortunately I think he was the misery as, as kind of Houston's assistant manager he did leave to take the Edinburgh City job so he is a man in his own right uh-huh. um, so I'd be quite interested that's to see if he was that's a shout that's a shout if he was interested because it is a step up for himself you know doubt about so it so you think you, you um, try and you know you have to take these established names have, first I think you've either got to take someone who is quite fresh faced like Lee Miller or Mark Kerr or you have to go for somebody that's got experience working with part time in lower league teams mm-hmm. and players and for me at the moment maybe James McDonough would be a name to pull out the heart well um, no I think that's a good shout and I'm, I saw um, a tweet uh, earlier because there was folk talking about obviously the Falkirk relegation on Twitter and it was a Wraith fan talking about if Ray McKinnon had stayed for one more season at Wraith what could have been because they were doing quite well uh, and they finished fourth they finished fourth season. and if he'd stayed there another year you know that might have continued in the, the, his big fall from grace at Dundee United and then which started to look up again at Morton and then his dip by I, I totally understand why he's left Morton because there's a total sham with how they've dealt with their management uh, yeah I think there's something more sinister going on in the background there but that's for them to deal with well, the, the, I think the rumour was that they were not offered contracts for next year so they told them to get stuffed for the last game um, uh, I think well I think it was more to do with Charlie Telfer what was it who knows Charlie Telfer was it was a, a game away for triggering a one year automatic extension and they didn't want that and the board which is didn't play him we didn't want him for next season well oh, and by the way you guys are not getting their, your contracts renewed either so it's <laughs> not a great policy in spite of it just if Houston and um, Johansson had any kind of news about them they would have done the game and they would have put Charlie Telford <laughs> for the start <laughs> and absolutely done them and then they'll come back next Just, season um, because I don't think the, the board can stop you from from playing up mm, well no well no they couldn't, couldn't legally I suppose um, well that's the thing a, a lot of people are like oh yeah I would take Houston back in a heartbeat but I was like nah he's no you wouldn't he's uh, you wouldn't. he was he was exhausted of ideas and he did a brilliant job for us but come yeah. the end of his days this is a, you're absolutely spot on he, he, it was a natural conclusion it was just a disappointing the natural order of things the natural order of things <laughs> um, if I was to speculate uh, you know John Hughes is still floating around <sighs> no. if we get the ragtag bang back um, <clears throat> ragtag gang right. excuse me <laughs> back together um, I was thinking as well of um, what's the feature alternate realities 
uh, earlier. And if, you know, Houston had got the money to improve his squad, we would have seen club legends return. Houston would have retired at the end of the season. Uh, John Hughes would have come back with Russell Lapay's assistant. The Portuguese connection would be reignited and we'd become a secondary Wolves team as a refuge for international Portuguese players. Uh, Pedro Moutinho's son, along with Tiago Rodriguez's <laughs> child, would play. Vitor Lima. Oh, Vitor Lima was there. We did all right out of those. Um, so that's what we need. I mean, Pele. Pele, the last, the last season we were in the Premiership. I don't think that really panned out. <laughs> um, I don't know if you Portuguese have if you keep Verde or something. Something like that. So we would, we would, we would forge that connection and become a footballing superpower um, in line with Wolverhampton. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, uh, no, I think the James McDonough thing's a good idea. You know, if Ray McKinnon were to get the sack now, you know, we're obviously recording this review quite early, so there's loads of different things that could happen in, in kind of retrospect. Uh, um, it could be an interesting week. It could be an interesting week. Yeah. So another another quick quiz question. Uh, well, right. we've rounded off that topic. Um, Paul Payton uh, had quite an indisciplined season. Where do you think he falls within the discipline rankings of the Scottish Championship? He'll uh, be behind Higginbottom, who I think has been set off the most. He's not behind Higginbottom, but he is. I think Daniel Harvey was the worst player because he had two red cards, which kind of puts him up on points. Ooh. I think Payton had one. He was sent off at Partick. He was sent off at Partick. There was one red card. Yes. I was at that game. That was a for Hill. It's quite early uh, on that. That was that was when we were optimistic. Uh, um, um, he was. Guys. Go for it. Guess fifth, third most oh. ill-disciplined player in the league. Ten yellow cards and one red card. So there you go. Uh, one more question as well is what period of the match what 15 minute period were Falkirk most likely to score was it between 0 and 15 uh, 15 and 30 30 and 45 or 45 and yeah 45 and 60 60 75 or 75 and 90 Uh, 60 75 75 and 90 they were most likely to score in the latter part of the really? game last 15 minutes so you could just show up for the last 15 minutes I think, I think the reason <laughs> well there's no point in showing up to the first half of championship games because nothing ever happens yeah. um, but I think the 75 and 90 thing was they'd already be like two goals down so it would essentially be bounce time uh, consolation they would get back exactly um, so I think on that basis it brings us on to our sort of awards section, hey. Glitz and Glamour. You wouldn't have known that the Falkirk Gala dinner had taken place because they didn't put any pictures of it on their social media or have any mention of it to avoid any any comment, uh, which was interesting, interesting to see. But uh, I think we'll, we'll start positively. Who was, I think this is an obvious question, but who would your player of the season be? For Falkirk, it would be Zach It Rodden. would be Zach Rodden. Uh, I think what... Yeah, <laughs> I think he's got a long way to go in terms of his footballing development, uh, but a player that played, you know, with passion throughout the year, and you even saw in his celebrations and things like that. Uh, yeah. One of his goals, though, I honestly thought it wasn't a goal, and it like came off pillar post every other Ross County player before it finally rebounded to Rudden. Ah, it was an open goal <laughs> as well. Finally yeah. able to finish. I thought this isn't going to happen. We've hit the bar. We've hit the post. It's going to be that Kennedy, but he was. I think one of probably three players in that team who was a boy but played like a man and made the rest of them look pretty silly. No. I'll be interested to see what he does next season. 
My uh, thought would I don't think he's be loaned out to a better team. Okay, so I wouldn't be surprised to see him at a St Mirren or something like that. You know, like a sort of cusp Premiership Championship side. I had him at, um, it depends. If Hamilton get relegated, which is unlikely, uh-huh. if, if they got relegated into the Championship, he'd be absolutely brilliant in that kind of team. Because I think for him, he has to play a top Championship mm-hmm. team next to see if he can do it in a good team. Mm-hmm. Well, but he's maybe not if you're, star if man. You're scoring in a 12, if you're scoring 12 goals in a rubbish team... If you're scoring 12, you're yeah, doing there's something about you. Pretty well. Um, I, I, but I think for him, he needs to get a 20-25 goal a season uh-huh. return uh, next season somewhere. And I think for him, the best place to do it would be the top of the championship. Well, I would agree, yeah. It's a, it's a good show. I think you're right with it probably be a more Glasgow-based team, so he's not too far from home. Um, yeah, because I think um, if Rangers have any sense, they'll, they'll want to keep kind of closer tabs on him. Aye. Because that, that's the thing. Where I think the rumour I heard where Falkirk were putting in a £50,000 bid for him. Aye, <laughs> Which, aye, he hard and laughed. But the problem with him is he could be worth £200,000. He could be worth £2 million. He's still a very uh, that's difficult if he, thing. If he can go to a, a good championship team next season, bang in 20-25 goals, he can go back to Rangers. I don't know what kind of contract he's mm-hmm. on. They could keep him and they can try their best to develop him he'll end up like um, there's a Hardy uh, uh, Livingston mm-hmm. he can end up like that or he could kind of push on a bit more but you know it could be worth about 250,000 to Rangers I think I, he's not he's not going to break into that team any time soon but uh, no good on him honourable mention as well to I think Harry Burgoyne um, who up. had he played the full season I think would have been right up there for the player of the season as well and he saved us a lot on that last day and at Dunfermline uh, and countless oh, other some times. Absolutely outstanding saves. Outstanding. Uh, and I think well, we think he'll go on to have a big future. Hopefully the Premier League, I thought, but I know positions are slim and slimmer uh, these days, so we'll wait and see there. Uh, do you have a moment <laughs> do you have a moment of the year? <laughs> moment of the year? <laughs> Not really. <laughs> the the uh, only thing I had that came to mind was Jordan McGee getting those thunder strikes against Air United on the telly. They were good on Friday night. Aye. Yeah. Uh, beyond that, I am struggling. Kind of struggling. Apart from when uh, I did my Instagram story on the last day to that Medusa song, and when I put up the league table, it matched perfectly to down, down, down. Da, 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 da. I was like, yes! Nailed the cue! It wasn't even. What? Score. I know, it wasn't even track. I was that optimistic about the last game. Um, uh, I, so, I can't think of anything else really. I mean, like the. The winner, the Brudden winner. Um, Oh, the Killer Dunn winner, I should say. Oh. They don't film it just here four weeks ago. Gosh, we forgot about good Killer times, Dunn as well, eh? Um, what a difference he would have made if he had to go himself sent off. Do you know what? Killer Dunn, I actually think, is a talented player, but there is... He might stay for next there season. Was, uh, there was always one too many touches yeah. from him. Uh, I also heard it was funny because I was walking through the corridors and he was uh, talking to the Ross County manager trying to get some of his stuff back and stuff he's like yeah 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 we'll send it down I was like he's not sending it down <laughs> <laughs> he's just pretending he won't see you next year that's that's you done Duke Davis Keller done little, little does he know it's already done <laughs> that's the thing yeah it's that it's that awkward kind of break up moment where yeah we don't care about you anymore bye bye yeah. it's just in the black bin I'll tell you what though like, see Stuart uh, Kettle are they both called Stuart Stuart Finlay and Stuart Kettlewell uh, yeah, maybe his hair is immaculate, like perfectly it- short at the side. Like you're totally over. I was magn- and he's got that kind of grey white beard as well. And I'm like, mm. it's just the perfect balance. I'd love my hair to be grey, by the way. I think it'd look fantastic. 
Yeah. I'd like to have hair. <laughs> the cruel, cruel world, eh? Um, next award, uh, best statement of the year. Uh, um, few ooh, to pick from. There's been quite a lot. That is a few. Uh, I, mm, it's going to be the one accusing the, the fans of being racist. Oh my gosh, and that was this season as well. The, the, the existential kind of, and we, by the way, we don't like the abuse that we're getting. Kind yeah. of underlying tone of um, all Falcon fans are racist and stop giving us abuse. Oh, that was horrendous because that was later proved not to have been. That was the it was unfortunate fan at all. Um, we <laughs> that probably counts as lowest moment of the year as well as being beaten by Stennis Muir. Stennis Muir, four two, um, four goals against. Oh, I know. <laughs> they themselves have just finished second bottom. Uh, I'm actually yep. away to their well, hoping to go and see their playoff game against Annan on Saturday, the home leg at Oakleview. Nice. Uh, and I would recommend Falkirk fans that you do go and spend your money somewhere like Stennis or somewhere like East Stirlingshire <laughs> Camlin Juniors uh, I know the season ticket's like a quarter of the price or something it's like insanely cheap uh, you've been to Bonus United before that's quite good if it on a nice day it's quite good I must admit I've uh, had much friendlier experiences at Stennis it's more relaxed um, they don't accuse you of being racist or steal your money <laughs> So, um, yeah, I, th- I always thought the statements involving the Martin things were quite funny because it was like, you know, we were severely disappointed by this ruling and we'll, we'll fight it to the death. And it was just mm. like, really? And then so, yeah. the statement about not wanting the fan investment as things were going terribly um, was wonderful timings of things as well. <laughs> um, so do you have any categories you'd like to add, Jonathan? Oh, take a pick. Um, well, who had the Gary Locke effect? Gary Locke effect board. Mm-hmm. It's one of you listened to the podcast before. Um, my theory on Gary Locke being he's very good at the start and then rapidly <laughs> falls off a cliff after eight yes. games. <laughs> if only we had that uplift at the start. <laughs> Any nominations? Hey, we could we could talk about our worst player of the year. Um, mm. I think the first person you would nominate is probably Kieran McKenna. Um, really? Yeah, I think there's I think there's a few Hartley sightings in there that would be sort of, sort of pushing hard. Dylan Mackin. Oh, Dylan Mackin! My goodness, I Dylan I saw his name on a, a list the other day, and I thought, oh my lord, he came in at the start of the season, didn't he? Yeah, he wasn't. F- I remember going to East Fife in the League Cup and thinking, "Who the fuck is he this wasn't, guy?" He wasn't fat. He was, you know, on the kind of tubbier side of things. Uh, did nothing. He scored eight goals for Stirling in this season. Oh well, at least he's doing something somewhere. Aye, League um, Two. I mean, we paid money for uh, him. like fifty, fifty grand. Aye, fifty grand to get him at Livingston. He's what? now playing for Stirling. Livingston are having a laugh. Yeah, they, they, they pinched all the good stuff from us and gave us absolute tripe. Uh, I don't know where Marcus Haber is actually playing his trade. He didn't... Uh, uh, Canadian Football League. There you go. Uh, Kevin O'Hara as well scored a grand total of zero goals for Stennis Muir, which leaves his Again. grand total still on three since scoring for East Stirling, or sorry, East Fife in like 2016, which is miserable. Professional goals. Uh, that was good. another stat I saw when I was looking up the squads and things like that was David uh, Mitchell is 29 years old. I, I, know, I, was, I thought he was a youngster and that we were 
giving him his chance but uh, apparently not mm. well Fazan maybe has a shout for being worst player of the season as well mm. yeah because it has to be something that's played reasonably consistently well played a few mm-hmm. games because you've got guys like Tomo and Evans who never really appeared I think it, it Samet was, oh, oh, Sam was, was dreadful totally Samet was dreadful totally enormous. aye um, I think Abdul Osman is up there on the list especially on the Ray McKinnon side I think he's he's done all he's right dreadful. like he was all right against Unferman for example which would put him in kind of better graces than perhaps some other people I think he looked a lot better in the back three he had two people kind of covering his mistakes but the same with Scott Harrison actually when Harrison played in the back three when uh, McKinnon uh-huh. came in what a difference he made to the game ah, yes. well he he was about the only one that improved yeah. I think through the season oh, I suppose Peyton uh, you could argue I think it? Tom Dallison was the biggest let down aye because he came in and he had a better stature about him and he thought you know what we may have a player uh-huh. here and he was actually pushed fairly a football yeah well he, he kind of had that leadership quality about him in the first few games you know he was doing a lot of communications with the defence but things obviously went very badly very quickly the funniest moment the funniest one I remember is I went up to our broth in the mm-hmm. summer for a pre-season game against Aberdeen and who was in the back it was Dallison and Harrison were the back mm-hmm. two and about an hour in Harrison was subbed on and Adam Muirhead came on and everyone would be quite calm Dallison taking control barking the others Muirhead came on and just started screaming at abuse at absolutely everybody who was listening uh-huh. to him. And you had Dallas and Grutter going, Oh, you can't <laughs> <laughs> It's a preseason oh, game. Gosh. It finished on each. And we ended up but losing both. Was a, it was just an absolute head case. Like, I remember that quite vividly. I remember Paul Payton going absolutely through. Oh, what was his name? Uh, Gary McKay Stephen, I think mm-hmm. it was. Cleaned the two footy challenge. In a friendly game. Yeah. Which, I think it reflects his temperament a wee bit. Um, this is it. And that was the thing as well, was that our... Was it against Morton that Edgingelly completely... Edgingelly and McKenna completely clattered into each other. Right. Nigh on K-Road each other for... They just, they just didn't the each other. So that, that defensive partnership didn't work at all towards the latter part of the season. Edgingelly nah. had a real task on his hands and he's not the freshest chicken in the hut. No, I wouldn't be surprised if he's here next season as well. Um, I don't know. See, with a, an international player like that, you know, I suppose he actually came to Falkirk because I don't know if he maybe moved from Dundee or where. Uh, he's on loan. He's on loan for Dundee. Right? Well, I know, but like, you know, has he moved down here or whatever? And, you know, is there a oh, possibility living. to go back to France? Because I know Mallory Martin did something similar from Hearts to Dunfermline, uh, but didn't mm. get. I sat in the bench. Yeah, I didn't get a great amount of joy there. I was looking as well, like folk like Longridge and stuff still at Dunfermline, barely featuring. Yeah, but at the same time, we have from. a few refugees littering the leagues in much higher positions than us. <laughs> Tumble Tate Morton has managed to stay up, for example. Aye, Mark Kerr, Muirhead. Air United. AR. Who you uh, were going to give an award to, you know, uh, most bizarre fan moment of the year um, being chucked out. Of the away stand at the Falkirk Ends, they're United fans. Oh yeah, yep. That that has to go down with one of the moments of the year, though, because we, like we actually made it on national telly. That no, we, no, we didn't. We made it on the re- well, we made the, it on the extended, the extended rerun, cut. um, which kind of made some headlines to the point they actually wanted us to play. They wanted us to play. This was funny. They wanted us to play the Doctor Who theme 
because of this incident. Oh, because David Tennant. Ah, I was about, to, I was about yeah. to ask, can you explain why? Because that's quite the connection to making your mind like, woo, woo, woo. Oh, that's Doctor Who. David Tennant. David Tennant was on Have I Got News For You. Ah, they're talking about the tree. What? That's <laughs> well, if you were playing the Have I Got News For You theme song. You played the theme tune. Well, exactly. It's one of the best theme tunes you can get on a game show. Aye. <laughs> but... Uh, no, that was one of the more. That was almost as bad as them wanting us to play or oh, when the Saints on the last game of last season to celebrate. Who's the guy that moved to Australia at the end of the year? Uh, Alex Smith. Smith. They wanted to celebrate him and his St Mirren lineage by playing Oh When the Saints at the Falkirk Stadium. And it was like, that's Mibs, not the good. Although I did play that um, through Fire and Flames by. Um, old country or whatever, which was a Dunfermline <laughs> song, which wasn't uh, yeah. which I wasn't fully aware of. So you you won't be having to uh, deal with those mistakes, or you won't be having to deal with Pitbull's Fireball, which I see gets mixed reaction on a weekly basis. But hmm. well, the the comment Tough. I got this week was um, I calm down. We're not in like you know you know sunny Caribbean or anything. I'm like it's Mister Worldwide, guys. He is endorsing all over the world. Pitbull <laughs> is the man. Um. But aye, uh, did you ever think to kind of round off in some closing thoughts? Because I think this has been fairly negative. <laughs> yes. But some good points I think have been made. Uh, so do do like and do check out you know Soho Manager website for, I'm sure, more extended views on this which are to come. Um, did you ever think you'd see your team in League One? Mm, over the last two years it's been a distinct possibility. If I was to go back to maybe like we did get relegated uh, for 2010, mm-hmm. no, nah, there was no danger mm. in it. Mid table, by and it's been like that for the last nine or ten years. But uh, League One was never considered. There's always a like a break in last season, mm-hmm. or you know, some ah, there's always like a small part a cushion. There was always a buffer. Yeah. This season, Alwa were that good that there wasn't that buffer anymore, and we've came, we've found one. Exactly. As soon as it got competitive, uh, we couldn't handle it. But um, I I sincerely hope that the move to League One will give the club a good shake. And I think it, like, for example, you know, Dunfermline going down to League One, I don't think did them too much harm. I think they came back stronger from it, although they were really struggling towards the tail end of this season. Um, and, you know, you look at Air United coming up from League One with a bit of momentum. I think our both have every chance of doing the same thing next season. Uh, maybe not quite as high as Air, but certainly... If you put a string of results together, nah, if, if if I both survive, it's a great season for them. Mm-hmm. You know? So I, you know, hopefully it gives things a good shake and we can uh, go from there. I did think it was interesting as well that Air United on the last game of the season, Ian McCall. There were two different perspectives as how the last game would go. Ross County playing Falkirk said that they would respect the league. <laughs> and I was like, oh, brilliant. Ian McCall, who's Air United faced Alawa, said they owe them a favour. Now, Shankland came off after about, you know, 50, 60 minutes into the game and you're going, ah, that's... Uh, to be fair to them, nah. would you rather be playing Alba or would you rather be playing Falkirk next season? So, For these kind of teams, I think they would rather have Alba in the league. I think so. Uh, but I think Shankland's just back from injury. So I'm not implying anything sinister. Not implying anything sinister. The thing is, they've every right to do that. To rest our players for for big exactly. games, exactly. So, um, I uh, 
I suppose we won't be back in 2019, 2020, because you're not buying a season <laughs> ticket. I'm not going to be at the games. <laughs> uh, so this might well be the last Falkirk football content you hear on this podcast going forward. To such an extent, anyway. Well, uh, I suppose. It's all about the Charlton now. It's all about, I love it. Love I love a bit of Charlton. Um, no, I'm going on uh, get my tickets tomorrow. Oh, for so. the playoffs? For the playoffs in the That was the problem, was if Falkett played in the playoffs, they would have got Montrose, uh, who beat us at the start of the season. So, <laughs> that wouldn't have been great either. Uh, Lyle Taylor, obviously Charlton Strikers, another one we forgot to, to mention also. Um, and you do need to try that Luton away end that I sent you the other day, which was just in a terrace of houses. No, I'm hoping... Um uh, for folk like, and I'm based in London now so uh, I'm hoping Charlton do get promoted because uh, they win the same league as Millwall next season which is an absolutely ginormous derby down here oh so, is it? Uh, absolutely buzzing on that two big two South London uh-huh. teams absolutely hate each other oh, everybody hates Millwall it's a bit like folk <laughs> <laughs> at this moment in time yes at this moment in time I've actually got my Charlton shirt just over the over the shoulder which will probably be cropped yeah. out but people have probably seen it in previous episodes anyway but uh, no I guess uh, time to round off and I'll say uh, thank you for joining us from myself Paul all the best guys and join us again in the summer where you'll be hopefully hearing about next week with myself and Darren uh, our trip to uh, Stennis Muir to see Annan Athletic and I think Christian Nade plays for Annan Athletic by the way so that could be uh, something of interest as well as hopefully some Champions League content in the coming weeks because we've kind of strayed away from European stuff recently. So stay tuned for that. But thank you again for joining me, John. And have a good uh, a good evening, a good afternoon, and a good morning. <laughs> See you later. If it record on that, that's recording. So if I do a... That should line up my video. Now, are you recording your audio? Do you want to start recording your audio now? Right, that's the audio recording. And it's that's the audio recording. Yep. Right, what we'll now do is a rendition of You Are My Falkirk. <laughs> right. So I can <laughs> roughly, well... So, we don't need to sing. <laughs> well, we could. It could make it into post. Um, you are my Falkirk. My only Falkirk. You make me happy. When skies are grey. You'll never know. How much I love you. And you'll never take... My Falkirk away. Yes, you shall. <laughs> and that's where we start, episode 78. <laughs> Didn't the seaside okay. leagues. Exactly. Well, that's, that'll be the theme. Like, oh, I do love to be beside the seaside.
Um, good choice. Aye, aye. Right, are we ready to go? Aye, good to go. Okay.